Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, I'm here with Mike, and we are excited as always to be with you. Uh, we're in a third podcast right now about parenting. So probably, unless we leave a lot on the table, this will be the, the last one in the sequence. This one we're going to touch on just four four subjects. It's going to be about, number one, how to bring the word and prayer into your home as a regular guest. Number two, marriage strengthening disciplines. Three, grandparenting that blesses. And four, and this is what we're keeping at the end to give you the, uh, the bait that's going to keep you, how not to be the crazy in-laws. So uh, lots of good stuff coming. Mike, you're also going to have or, uh, taught on this probably before this podcast even drops during a midweek service. Uh, so let's just take these one at a time. We'll start with how to bring the word and prayer into your guest as a regular or into your home as a regular guest. Um, Mike, you've been talking about this, teaching on this, thinking about this for most of your life. So I'm just going to pass it off to you. What, what are just the high level things that you'd want to put on the table to start? Mm-hmm. So the other day I was uh, talking to some pastor friends. You were in that group, Connor, and we were talking about bringing the word and prayer into your home. And I asked the question to our group, it's a group of seminary students, basically. It was, what are you more um, apt to do? Bring the word into your home or prayer? Like, what's easier for you to initiate? And it's very interesting. It was across the board. Half of us were like prayer and half of us were like the word. And I happened to say, it's easier for me to open up the word with my family than to just say, hey, let's pray, even though that seems to be easier. And I brought that up with my family Monday night. And they're all like, you know, over the years, we've read the word much more than we've prayed together. Hmm. And so that's something we want to change. Hmm. Um, but how to bring the word and prayer into your home as a regular guest. And I think I would even qualify to say a regular welcomed guest. And I would just say this, you know, the head of household needs to initiate. And that is not easy when everyone has gone through a long day and nerves are frazzled and maybe someone's on edge. And so you still need to do it. And it's almost like you still need to eat dinner uh, when things are like that too. And so we often do this at dinner time as a family. Some people do it in the morning. Some people do it other times, but heads of households needs to initiate. And, and it, I would go with the old, you know, saying, you just need to do this mm-hmm. uh, humbly and boldly and not timidly and not proudly. Never get to the point where you say, we've had family time in the word and prayer for the last, you know, right. 10 years. That, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, Christians don't go around walking around telling people what they've done hmm. that Jesus says to do, you know, and so you just do it. And so that's, that's how you bring the word and prayer in, into your home as a regular welcome guest. Just like you bring a guest into your home, you open the door for it and you, you don't, you don't make it difficult. <laughs> you don't make it difficult for them to feel at home. Yeah. 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 It's helpful. Um, just a few follow-up questions. Number one, do you have any thoughts? Is there, a, is there a different way that you think about one, maybe a husband towards a wife, you know, husband wash, washing your, uh, wash your wife in the water of the word, that kind of thing. A husband towards a wife thinking about, you know, this at home compared to maybe a husband and wife together thinking about raising their kids and the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, I don't know, any, any like dynamics of you and practically what that might look like? Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts about that? Sure. I will say this. Dynamics is that when it's just the couple, you need to start so that you'll start when the kids come. And so I think that it's hard to break the ice on things like this, even with those you're closest to. So break the ice early and often. That's why I give to every man that's getting married a a, a little book called The Family Worship Bible Guide. And I tell them, just the title will remind you. Keep it on your nightstand with your Bible, and it will remind you you need to be in the Word and Prayer with your wife. Yeah. 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 That's helpful. Um, 
thoughts about, and we'll move on to a second, the second uh, kind mm-hmm. of bucket in a second, but just, I wonder if maybe, you know, someone's listening and saying, yeah, I realize I haven't been doing this. I want to do it, but what does it look like? You know, I hear about people singing a song at home together. I hear about people having their kids pray. I hear about people reading the Bible, reading a devotional, doing questions, not doing questions. I think the answer is probably all of the above, but any encouragements about how this could be useful to people, helpful to their kids? Um, I'll just mm-hmm. leave it open-ended like that. Sure. I like the, I like the question, how, what does it look like? Well, here's what it looks like. It looks like your family doing this. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is every family's different. It looks different in different families. And so it, it fits your family culture. Okay. It doesn't have to, um, I was, you know, we were at the missions course last night and he was saying that early on, a lot of missionaries would go to a foreign country and try to make people like them and, uh, teach them their language and have them dress like them and then preach the gospel to them. They're like, what? That just sounds ridiculous, doesn't mm-hmm. it? To us, it sounds ridiculous. So the same way, like, you don't want to picture like, oh, what would the Haas family be doing? I want to do that. Now, maybe you, you learn some things from each other, but it's like, what fits our family? And, and, and then do that. Like, bring the wording and prayer into your family uh, context. And then, and really break the ice with, hey, everybody, I've told guys this. Oh, here's how you start. Hey, family. I love you, and I realize that it's my privilege and responsibility to open up the Word with you. Let's read something right now. And then you open your Bible, get, you get the attention, you know, you just kind of wait for a moment there, open your Bible, you read something. Hmm. Hey, we're going to read Ephesians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. We'll read that prayer that Pastor Mike's preaching on Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Let's just read that. And then let's pray. You know, we got neighbors that don't know Christ. Let's pray for them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want to sing a song, sing a song. Our family has not historically sung tons of songs in that setting. It's usually the word the word and a brief prayer, and we need to pray longer, okay? Mm. And then the other thing is um, the, the singing, our singing probably takes place in other uh, times that for some reason. Yeah. It just fits our family better. Yeah. So totally. we don't want to feel like it's too rote, like now we now we pray, now we read now we it's not like a little church service where there's like a flow a service flow printed out it just has to be organic yeah make it organic folks yeah what will fit your family that's really good okay we're going to move on to our separate uh second topic which is marriage strengthening disciplines so mike here's my question for you um is there is there one or several habits that have more or less persisted over the course of your marriage that have been more helpful to you than anything else yeah confession of sin uh repentance so, I mean, Christians living in close proximity to each other uh, meet, their, meet their depravity. And so the idea that um, we would live a life of confession and repentance in front of, the, of our beloved is, is just totally um, appropriate. Uh, I think love and honor and forgiveness and denying yourself. Uh, marriage goes best when I deny myself. Marriage goes worser when I don't deny myself, you know. <laughs> Um, and you know, I had a question from a fellow pastor just recently that he, he said, here's a situation. What do I do? And, uh, this came from a, a friend out of state. We, we talked to each other pretty often and I said, well, they need biblical counseling, obviously. And I've seen this in marriage counseling, this, this thing. And sometimes it follows the steps of church discipline, but my opinion, and he was saying like, what's the deal with this? What should we do? What's the answer? Because it's where one spouse is denying another you know, marital, marital, uh, rights. And, and so, but I said, I go, but look, uh, this spouse needs to deny themselves and love their spouse regardless of if they're being denied or not hmm. and follow through the thought, you know, and, and this was a first Corinthians seven, five, uh, thing, but 
it was a thing then, and, and the disobedient must be called to repentance. Uh, this was a, a, a spouse that was withholding, you know, normal sexual relations with, with their spouse. And I said, look, the disobedient need to be called to repentance, and there's lots of issues involved. You have to ask good questions of this couple, and there's usually warped views of marriage involved with that, and usually something else going on. But, it, but what this takes is what almost everything in life takes, repentance, confession, seeking reconciliation, having a tender heart before God. And, you know, even Paul says, don't be embittered. You know, husbands, mm-hmm. love your wives, yeah. and don't be embittered towards them. Yeah. So w- watch your heart. Yeah, yeah. that's good. What are, uh, it's easy to camp out on the negatives, but are there things that you're seeing at Grace Church of Orange in people's marriages that are encouraging to you? Or what are the things that when you see them in someone's marriage, you just go, man, I, I'd love to see that. Um, makes me happy as an elder at the church. Oh boy, uh, cherishing one another, uh, the gentle, uh, ge- the gentle, even a husband taking his hand, his wife's hand, and just just holding her hand as they're walking across the plaza, or just in church seeing the couple together, and he puts his arm around his wife, just being gentle, being cherishing one another. The care I've seen for dying spouses. Uh, both wives doing it for their husbands and husbands doing it for their wives. I'm just saying, wow, like that. I think that I have probably been, I've learned the most about marriage when I see someone caring for their dying spouse. Hmm. It, it, it breaks my heart, tenderizes my heart, um, and, and just causes me to want to be a better husband. And then I think also whenever I deal with marriage counseling things, and all the elders say this, all the pastors and elders say this, but marriage counseling, you're always self-correcting as you're helping others uh, through issues. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Here's a third uh, topic, grandparenting that blesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many people who are listening are actually grandparents, but even for those who aren't, you know, maybe we'll be grandparents someday. Um, this is maybe, I, I don't know what you think, Mike. I feel like this doesn't necessarily get a lot of airtime in the church. Mm-hmm. You'll occasionally see, you know, maybe a blurb about, oh, there's this conference happening, focusing on grandparenting or a specific, you know, ministry within a church. But maybe something that doesn't get a lot of airtime. So how would you, yeah, how, what are the kind of, you know, just front of mind things that, you've, mm-hmm. that you'd want to encourage grandparents with? Sure. And, and just, you know, full disclosure, I've been a grandparent for four and a half years, so... Uh, I've been watching it for a long time as a pastor, of course, but knowing now that I have grandkids, the very things I told myself, even when our kids got married, we have three of our kids, of our five kids are married. And uh, what I, you know, I would say this uh, for grandparents, enjoy the time, help, don't impose your ideas upon your kids. The time for you to do that was when they were younger, okay? And you were supposed to be easing up and then letting them fly and launching them. Once you've launched, do not go back and control, Okay. Um, and I'm really strong about that. I've seen too much of that of the bad situation of that happen, but I've seen so much good. Mm-hmm. I've seen mostly good. Mm-hmm. I would say help your kids. Don't impose your ideas. You know, lay back, stand back, stay in your appropriate lane. Love your kids like crazy, but don't speak into anything unless they're asking for your advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how, how about as pertains to the gospel? I'm, I'm thinking of maybe somebody who has a grown, you know, son or daughter who's not walking with the Lord. They're not raising their grandkids in the faith. Any thoughts for that situation? Yes, preach the gospel um, and live the gospel. Um, just, you know, there's a friend of mine, Larry Fowler, who just wrote a book called, I think it's like the, My Wish of All Wishes or something. And it's, it's about grand, grandmas and grandpas and grandkids and heaven. And basically he's telling his grandkids, the thing I, I, I want the most in life is for you to come to know Christ. Hmm. And so I would say, preach the gospel and, and don't ask if it's okay. Hmm. <laughs> if it, you know, you literally, like if your kids aren't believers, uh, live the gospel before them and, and bring the gospel in. Hmm. unashamedly 
uh, but make sure you always honor their parents. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Anything yeah. else on grandparenting before we move on to the last uh, topic? Don't be a know-it-all. Don't be a know-it-all. Know-it-alls abound. Uh, don't be a know-it-all in any of this stuff. Even as I, you know, give my opinions very quickly, uh, don't be a know-it-all. Everybody doesn't know it all. Be humble. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Here's a final topic: uh, how to not be the crazy in-laws. Uh, so sure. maybe a little yeah. bit dovetail with grandparenting, but but yeah. Um, another one that doesn't necessarily get a lot of airtime. I can think of one resource, one tiny little book on in-laws that I think we both read. Uh, yeah. But other than that, not a lot of content, you know, out there for believers to think yeah. through how to be, you know honoring Christ in terms of being an in-law. So that's right. Yeah. Again, I'm just going to do the same thing. Open the door. What, what, would, what would you want to say? Just what to I want to say about that one. Don't be a wacko. Don't be a crazy in-law. <laughs> okay. Don't get all worked up about everything. No, seriously. When, when I read, well, actually when I, when I heard Wayne Mack speak on this, when I was in South Africa, Pretoria, South Africa, and I think it was 2012 or something like that. I thought, wow, I, I've never heard anything about this before. And he wrote a little thing by uh, PNR publishing, mm-hmm. Presbyterian reformed publishing, and it was uh, a wonderful, wonderful resource. Just a small little booklet on in-laws, just called in-laws. And you can look it up. You can get it, get a copy. Um, but, I, you know, I would just say be, you know, I have a whole list, by the way. I, I've taught on this a couple times at Grace. Every time people are just like, wow, we, we've never heard teaching on in- how to be a good in-law. Yeah. And, you know, we all are aware of the stereotypes, okay? But we're also aware of the um, multiplied issues that are in people's brains um, and actually do happen. Okay. Sometimes it's in your head. Sometimes it's actual. And I have just found it's very, very helpful to just, again, bless people and don't, and don't try to right every perceived wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Can you talk about expectations and how good or appropriate or inappropriate expectations can factor into the in-law situation? Oh, expectations are huge. Uh, for example, some families have a family context or you know DNA that says you have to be at every single thing always, every time we have a gathering. Other families say, if we see you, we see you. you know, and there's a left and right ends of the spectrum on that thing. Just be clear. Like I've told all our kids, like we love to see you as many times as we can, but don't feel like you have to do backflips and twist yourself into a pretzel every holiday. Okay? Uh, you Some kids have more... Uh, of that nerve where they're like, we're going, we love being with family. That's great. I would never want to squelch that. But there's others that say we have, we, we've got to, we got to spend this amount of time or that amount of time. That's great too. It's like, just don't get worked up at the end of the day. You know, like on a holiday, the holiday, you know, there's 364 other days. Okay. <laughs> right. Go hang out another day. So I've just learned, I don't care. I tell my kids, if you can't make it, we, we'll miss you. You're going to miss it more, more, you know, more smoked uh, ribs for me. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm, and look, I love to see my kids and I'm, I'm, an, I'm Italian, uh, right? And so I want the family together, but I am not going to pressure my kids or any, and I don't want anybody else to pressure their kids to, you got to be here, you know? And I get it. It's sometimes it's just people's uh, emotions get the best of them. So with, with in-law stuff, you realize you, you become family with everybody. My, my true but tongue in cheek thing I say to everyone who my kids are married to you know, that means you're buying me Christmas and, and birthday gifts now, right? I even say that to their siblings, like Taylor, my, my daughter-in-law, I say to her brother, I say, you know, you got to buy me Christmas and, and birthday gifts now. And Trevor's looking at me like, uh, what? Me? I'm like, buddy, I'm messing with you. But seriously, I'm, 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 I'm serious. <laughs> Let's go back and forth. But like, I just love 
having more family. I like, I look at our kids and I look at our in-laws and I think I'm so blessed. Taylor's mom and dad and Steven's mom and dad and Cameron's mom and dad. And I'm just like, I love them dearly. And I love being with them. Like we invite them to almost everything we can invite them to. I want to be together. If they can't make it, no worries. You know, we'll see another time. But I, I just love the growing of the family. Yeah. And I think if you could see it that way, wow, I'm blessed with more kids and more, more friends and more family. It would be better than going, I've got something to protect and I need my time. You know, right. I just don't think of it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really good. I don't think I have anything to add except to say, I, I probably both of us could say this, Mike, we just experienced so much sweetness in yeah. this, in this area. Right. Yes. I, for some people, I feel like in-laws is just this like topic that just makes you cringe. But yes, in my mind, just my, my personal life, I'd say absolutely the opposite. If anything, it's oh, yeah. like I've gained a whole other family and I'm just super thankful. Well, here's one thing. I wish I would have started calling my mother-in-law mom way before I did. I was too, I was too shy to do it. And I know she probably wanted me to. So I've told all my kids, I'm your dad now. And I know you like me better than your real dad. You know? <laughs> no, you know, I like to joke. No, I, I jumped right in on that one. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I want people, I want my, all my kids to call me dad or yeah. whatever they want to call yeah. me. You know, I love it. Just don't call me late for dinner. Yeah. I jumped right in. I thought this is gonna be too awkward to cross this bridge later. So I'm just going to go for it as soon as we got married. Yeah. Hey, thanks. These are great uh, questions, by the way. And uh, more, more to come if, if we need to do this in the future, maybe not the next one, but we'd love to talk about some more of this stuff later on. Another yeah. Time. Yeah. That's good. Okay, well, I think listeners, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for, for joining us and hope that was helpful to you, some of those kind of scattered thoughts, but uh, hopefully it gave you some good things to think about and chew on. We're thankful for you. We, we pray for you throughout the week. Uh, Mike especially is really faithful in going through lists of all people in the church and just and praying. So we're grateful for you. If you ever have a question that you'd like to hear answered on the podcast, you can always email uh, staff at graceorange.org. Just send that in and we'd love to catch that and, and see if we can tackle it on the podcast. So... Uh, Thanks for listening. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast. Have a great day.